Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernette. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, Metropolitan Family Services, the Conservation Foundation, and the YWCA. watching Spotlight and joining me now from Metropolitan Family Services is Melanie McBride, their managing attorney. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Happy to be here. Yeah, really looking forward to hearing about this um, because I want you to start off with you're with the Legal Aid Society um, and I would love for you to explain to us how that works with Metropolitan Family Services. Sure. So Metropolitan Family Services is a huge social service organization. We have tons of offices all over Chicago and the suburbs. We have two offices in DuPage, and we provide a variety of social services. Legal Aid Society is the legal arm of Metropolitan Family Services. So we are a legal aid agency embedded in Metropolitan, and we uh, provide a variety of, of legal services. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. So you're servicing the whole agency. We are, and we provide different services, a little bit based on different uh, geography, which I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Okay. But the services that we provide include uh, housing law services, representing tenants who are being evicted. We represent victims of domestic violence and family law cases. We represent immigration matters. We're sort of a whole-scale legal aid um, that is housed in Metropolitan Family Services. Okay. Well, let's take a little bit of a, a, a focus, if you would, on talking about those that uh, have suffered uh, domestic violence and the services that you're providing to those uh, folks that are working with the agency, um, specifically here in DuPage County. Sure. So I'm going to talk about both Cook and DuPage because part of what we're doing is expanding our services to DuPage County. Okay. In Cook County, we represent... Uh, victims of domestic violence in civil orders of protection. We have a project where we represent them in conjunction with criminal cases. We represent them in divorce cases. We also represent them in uh, immigration matters, um, in U visa and VAWA immigration petitions. Um, and we do do that immigration work in DuPage as well, and we have for some time. We have not yet, though, been able to, until now, foreshadowing, provide services in order of protection in domestic relations cases, um, which is obviously a much needed service for survivors of domestic violence. Okay. So talk a little bit more about that because you've got a new program uh, that you're rolling out as that relates to um, both the uh, residents of Family Shelter Service. And so talk a little bit, if you would, Melanie, about the services that you're providing and kind of where you're going with that program. Yes. So Metropolitan Family Services, as I said, is a huge social service organization. Um, and it grew even bigger in 2019 when it merged with Family Shelter Services, which has been an organization that's been in DuPage for many years, providing a variety of services to survivors of domestic violence. One of those services that Family Shelter Service provides to survivors of domestic violence is an emergency shelter where survivors of domestic violence can reside temporarily when separating from their abuser. Um, our new program puts an attorney and a paralegal full-time in that shelter to work with survivors who are living in the shelter. Wow. So you're really embedding yourself right there in, in the, you know, the ground zero, if you will. 
what that's going to allow us to do, we think, is some sort of is some interesting things that most legal aid organizations don't get to do. So I'll just talk a little bit about some of the services we do. We're going to be representing, we're going to be doing direct representation in order of protection cases and domestic relations cases, which most legal aid organizations that represent survivors of domestic violence do. Um, but we also are going to be able to do some unique things uh, because we're in the shelter. So, for example, we're going to be able to do some emergency legal safety planning with mm -hmm. survivors when they arrive at the shelter. Survivors often have very complex needs at separation. Uh, they may be coming from a different state. They may want to go to a different state. They may need to weigh whether or not seeking an order of protection is even the right, I, the right uh, thing for them to do, given the other things that are going on in their lives. We're going to be able to incorporate uh, legal issues into the safety planning that the family shelter workers are already doing. Yeah, that's an incredible amount of expertise that you're bringing to the table. And I would imagine uh, there's not only a benefit there, obviously, to the clients, but there's got to be a real big benefit to the social workers themselves that are working with those clients to know that they've got that right right there with them. Yeah, and I, I think it's twofold. One of the other things that we're going to build in, which I think is going to be really interesting, is doing training for the shelter staff on some of these legal issues. Because I think the, you know, and not overly complex trainings, but the more that they understand sort of the process that their clients are going through, the better able they are to do their case management and do their counseling. Um, and in the same vein, I think that the attorney and the paralegal who are working with these clients are gonna benefit from being housed with the counselor who can say to the attorney, you know what, I think the client's really not understanding what you're saying because of X, Y, and Z, if you change your, your, how you communicate with her a little bit, I think you'll be more effective. And so I think it's gonna be a great benefit to the client and to the attorney and to the, the counselors, to everybody, really. So it's really, I mean, by, by kind of going with that model, you're really sort of breaking down those barriers to being able to deliver services to those clients that really need it, right? Yeah, and do it with, really with a team approach. And sort of say, we're here to address all of the needs you have in this very urgent emergency circumstance. Um, we're going we're gonna to help do all sorts of things for you. And you, we can do it all in one space. Obviously, COVID has made this a little more challenging. Yeah. We're hoping that we're all going to be in one space a little bit sooner. We wrote this grant before COVID. But um, we're going to be doing this, I think, remotely for a little while. But ideally, it's a three-year program. We will all be in the same space and walking into each other's offices down the halls very soon. Yeah, well, we hope that for everybody, right? This has been certainly a very challenging year. And, I, and I'm sure, uh, particularly within Family Shelter Service, this has probably been a very, very tough year, right? Yes, it has been a very challenging year, and providing services is very challenging. And, you know, it's unfortunate because I think that part of what's so wonderful about the shelter is that the sort of the camaraderie and the group, and I think, you know, it's, you can do that on Zoom, but it's tough. So I'm hoping that we'll all be together face-to-face -to -face soon enough. Yeah, well, we wish that for you. And uh, Melanie, I want to thank you for stopping by and sharing that information and giving us an idea of how that's going to be working. And uh, please continue the good work that you're doing at Metropolitan Family Services. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's been great. If you're interested in learning more about Metropolitan Family Services and their Legal Aid Center, please visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. 
to our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Stay informed with NCTV 17 News Update. These free videos sent straight to your email summarize the latest information and show you what's happening around town. Visit nctv17.com slash subscribe to sign up now. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jay Mournette, and joining me now is Jim Kleinwachter. He's from the Conservation Foundation. So good to have you with us, Jim. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited because I think we're going to do a little bit of some debunking of some myths here because I think the Conservation Foundation does a whole lot more than maybe some folks know. So we're going to start right out with a question. Uh, is it true that you offer advice and information about sustainable uh, landscape and water issues for homeowners in their yards? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about what people do in their yards. And I think intrinsically people understand that what they've been doing, like pouring chemicals and mowing and chopping down all of their um, flowers and so on is not the best thing for the environment, but they don't know what, where they would go next. So we provide that service, not only information, but all the way down to um, helping them on their particular property. Yeah, I think it's true. And I think obviously sustainability is kind of the name of the game these days. And I think you're right. A lot of us as homeowners, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there about, you know, what we should be doing. So my next question would be around native plants. I mean, did they really, you know, you hear that they attract the birds, they attract the butterflies. And obviously, particularly in the case of the butterflies, we're very concerned about that, right? Um, is that true? Yeah, I think there's another misconception, and, and I tell people if you're concerned or you wanted to know if the plant is native or not to where we live, is to Google it. <laughs> so a lot of the plants that we would see, like um, hosta, uh, daylilies, um, lilacs, roses, all those plants are not from Illinois. And these homeowners that live in Naperville, for example, have invested their money to live in Illinois right now. And we're trying to encourage people, why not? develop and and encourage the plants from illinois while you're living in illinois interesting so the plants have you know a lot of benefit they're sustainable they're long-lived they feed the wildlife here and they're beautiful if, if i can get that information out to people Okay. Well, and I'm just going to ask you, I mean, you named a lot of things. And as I think about my own garden, I'm thinking, wow, I think I've got nearly every single plant that you just mentioned is in my garden. Uh, give us a couple of examples of, of native plants that you see here in Naperville a lot. Um, the native ones, the most common one would be coneflowers, black-eyed Susans. Um, after that, there's a lot of other ones like garden flocks and... Um, Blazing Star, Penstemon, ones that people might not know very well. Okay. So there's, there's a short list of really popular ones. Yeah, I, I'm actually, now I'm starting to feel a little bit better because I'm pretty sure I got cornflowers in my garden. So that, that at least I'm good. Um, and, and they are pretty. And I think that's a kind of a little bit of a misnomer, right, for people is that oftentimes I think they think about prairie or native plants and they don't necessarily uh, think of them as being pretty, Jim. Uh, are, what, what would you say to that? 
Well, I think a lot of back in the day when our ancestors came here from Europe or wherever they came from, they brought plants from the homeland here because that's what they were they knew. And um, so I think that's changed a lot. We're we're a far stretch from coming over in a boat and emigrating to the United States, but people have still surrounded themselves with these other plants from other places. So I think once they see the pictures, and that's what I do, I teach at College of DuPage, and I do these lectures all over the area showing them how pretty these native things can be. And did you know that this plant is functional and this one is just decorative, that there's a difference in plants, that the light bulb comes on for people? Sure. Now, and I think this is what's interesting, right? Uh, You, at the Conservation Foundation, you actually go to people's homes to give them recommendations. Is that right? When we started this program, um, I realized at an early point, I could give you information. I could give you a brochure. I could tell you you're doing the wrong thing. But the difference between you actually making that step would be help. And there's nothing better than I come to your yard walk around with you and look at your particular water issue or um, whatever problems that you have on the yard and give you advice. And we do it for free. Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing service. And I know, you know, I've, I've spoken with uh, Brooke in the past, I mean, because you also do a lot of uh, work at the Conservation Foundation on, you know, water, water reclamation and how that all works right in your garden with the rain barrels and that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. And all of that can be combined pretty easily. And um, it's not difficult. So that's what we keep telling people is that getting started, like anything else, if you want to get into something, you start small and you work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's an amazing service. Now, Jim, would, would people just reach out to you for for that kind of an appointment? Yeah, that's what we encourage people. I mean, our website, theconservationfoundation.org, and you can have them call my office directly. It's uh, 630-428-4500, extension 115. And I'll post my email um, in the notes of the show. Okay, that's wonderful. We'll make sure that people get that because I, I, I have a feeling that your phone is going to be ringing a lot. Um, you, you Obviously, the Conservation Foundation uh, is with at McDonald Farm. Um, so talk a little bit about that and kind of where it's located, if it's open, and, and what can people expect at the, at the farm? Sure. Well, we're going to be the last farm in Neighborville. <laughs> and it's 60 acres, permanently protected with a conservation easement, so it will always be there. And we're on the base of Washington off of Ring Road. And on Knock Knolls. So if you've been to Knock Knolls Park, you've driven by the farm. And it's on the west side of Knock Knolls Road. Um, we're typically open normal business hours, Monday through Friday, like 8 to 4. Um, but I encourage people to contact me because if you came out, you wouldn't get the full tour. Okay, so, so we could um, just come on out and don't, rather than come out, make an appointment and come have a tour. And then, we, and, and I'm assuming at the farm you kind of show people a lot of this stuff. Yeah, we typically over the course of a year, we get three to four thousand visitors. Even last year, because it was outside and you could do the social distancing on a big 60 acre farm, we were able to have tours and people come out in small groups 
and and get to see the farm. So all these things we're talking about, and we've the farm dates back to the 1870s. So there's a lot of history there, but we've also upgraded with this what they call green infrastructure. We have uh, rainwater harvesting, the old cisterns, and we have wind turbines and solar panels and a green roof and um, wetland areas and rain barrels and all of these fun things at one site. That's awesome. So that's that would be a really nice day trip for people as people, you know, start to think about what they're going to do as the weather starts to warm up a little bit. McDonald Farm would be a good place for us to go visit. Absolutely. And you can see the native plants I'm talking about, see them, touch them and smell them. Awesome. Listen, Jim, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate knowing what you're doing out at the Conservation Foundation at McDonald Farm. And I'm sure that our viewers will be picking up that phone and giving you a call so that they, too, can have a nice, sustainable garden uh, right here in Naperville. So thanks for coming by. You can even come and get a beautiful sign for your yard when people are trying it. So come join the group. Uh, Love it. To find out more about the Conservation Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. We'll be right back. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the YWCA is their Director of Child and Family Development, Peggy McGuire. Peggy, good to have you with us. How are you? I am doing great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Jane. Well, always, always a pleasure. So I'm going to just start right out. You know, give us a little bit about Project Help and then what you've been seeing in the community during this incredible time. Sure, thank you. Um, And thank you guys for everything you do at NCTV. We all appreciate the information you guys give us um, in the community. So Project Help is a child abuse prevention organization. And we serve families with children prenatal through 17 with home visitation and parent education workshops. So um, since COVID hit, we've been able to successfully do everything virtually since March, both our workshops and our home visits, we're able to still execute those same services that are needed more than ever right now. Um, because most of us have been parented and we, some of us are parents, I get the question all the time, what is the biggest thing facing parents? And pre-COVID, I would always say isolation. Isolation is really an underminer of quality parenting. And can you imagine what that is looking like for parents now? So we're seeing major upticks in child abuse, domestic violence, substance abuse, food insecurity, poverty, et cetera. So we have completely amped up our game in the parent support lane right now during COVID for sure. 
Yeah, I, I think it's so interesting when you say that, because I think oftentimes we don't think about isolation, uh, but you can absolutely think about it pre-COVID. But as you point out, oh, my gosh, not one of the number one issues. Right. But you talked a little bit uh, about moving virtually, which taking some of your programs that way. So talk a little bit more, Peggy, about how you've been able to successfully pivot into that virtual space and what kind of successes you've seen there. So one of the positive things that has come out of the virtual space is that we're able to access those families that might not have been able to, we might have had access to them prior. Maybe they didn't have a car to get to a group meeting. Maybe they were in a domestic violence situation where they weren't going to welcome a home visitor into the home. So we have this safe space of people being in their kitchen or their bedroom and talking to the social worker for those individuals that are particularly vulnerable and maybe have been isolated and unable to get to some of our events. So all of the families that work in our program, they want the help. But I feel like in the virtual mode, we're able to access those individuals that want the help but had a lot of barriers prior. And now those barriers are down because we can do things virtually. So that's been a real plus, reaching those especially vulnerable families that might not have been able to access our service. And we all have a cell phone, so we're all on call 24 hours a day. So when you eliminate the driving piece, um, when we're talking about we serve all of DuPage and Aurora, we serve the south side of Chicago, and there's a team of five of us that do all of that work. So it's been really awesome because think about yourself as a parent. Are you going to go to a workshop when it's 6.30 at night? You got homework, you got dinner, you have you just came home from work. But you might when you're working from home and you can log in and get a lot of information. So there's some things that have been really awesome, and we've been able to catapult information to families during this critical time and honestly access them to services that are just continually depleting, like yeah. shelters and and food banks and things of that nature. Yeah, it, it really has been a uh, social service agency tsunami that, quite frankly, we know will, will continue well into 2021 and beyond. Um, let me yes. ask you this, Peggy. Um, 2021, we're in a new year. What's kind of on the docket for Project Help as you look to this year ahead? What are the plans? So I appreciate you asking that question. Because Project Help is not funded by any state or federal contracts, we rely solely on donors, philanthropy, um, grants, um, and we're, we're blessed. But I think moving forward, we are going to keep our virtual in line until probably July, unless our funders require something different, which we're willing to do, of course. But really, I think moving forward, we're just going to have to really tap into different funding capabilities so that we can maintain. There, there really truly is no home visiting child abuse prevention program birth through 17 there's many birth through three or birth through five birth through 17 that exist and we are in constant conversation with dcfs because we partner with them heavily Um, so i think moving forward i think the virtual land has taught us about accessing people that we might not have been able to access Mm -hmm. the need for connection and the need for the community to realize this is so vital this is there's two police social workers in naperville two So we're on their speed dial. Like we are that support to the community that they they just can't give before it's crisis. It's that support that before the police are called, they will reach out and reach, reach Project Help. 
Yeah, and I think you make such an, an important distinction. I mean, we all know those of us who have parented teens, the, you know, it, the, it, it doesn't become easier when your kids go to school, you know, at age five or six. You know, it, the challenge is little people, little problems, big people, big problems. You know, it continues <laughs> to get uh, very stressful and, and very challenging times. So, Peggy, I want to thank you and, and your team at Project Help and the uh, YWCA for all the good work that you're doing. Uh, we hope that 2021, we hope that you'll be able to get back to delivering some of those in-person services, continue to amplify the good work you're doing virtually. And really, uh, you know, I think it's on all of us to figure out how do we fund these critical prevention resources to make sure that we find, uh, don't find families in crises. Uh, you know, an ounce of prevention and we need to really make that a priority. So thank you so much for coming by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Thank your team. And go to projecthelpdupage.org if you're interested in learning more about volunteering or donating or just about our services. Yeah, we, we, we encourage that. So uh, if you do want to know more information about the YWCA and Project Help, go visit their website. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. If you would like to learn more about the organizations featured on today's episode, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wernett. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.